Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In this multidimensional world, much of which is invisible to the eye, a group of non-physical entities have come here to expand our knowledge of how the universe works. These non-physical teachers are called Joshua, and they convey their teachings through Gary Temple Bodley. Each week, Gary, with a selection of Law of Attraction experts, open up a roundtable of thought-provoking discussions surrounding the teachings of Joshua. Joshua's intention is to bring clarity to the listeners through the ever-expanding Law of Attraction by looking at reality from a new perspective. Welcome to the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Hello, everyone. This is episode 21 of the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. Today is February 27th, 2016. Last week, we briefly touched on the subject of intuition, so this week we decided to devote a whole show to it. What is intuition? Is it a sixth sense? How does intuition work? Does everyone have a sense of intuition? Can you improve your intuitive abilities? Today we will talk about Joshua's perspective on the subject. On the roundtable today, we have Steve Finitza. Hi, Steve. Hey, Gary. And Michael Cousin. Hi, Michael. Hey, Gary. And Janine Kodakovich. Welcome back, Janine. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> Did you have a uh, good time away from us last week? Well, I missed you all. Did I you? did. But I had a great time. It was my son's birthday, and I was out on the paintball fields with uh, 15, 14-year-olds. It was awesome. fun. Cool. Yeah. Did, it, did anyone paintball you? Um, no, they knew better. I was the one <laughs> coming with all the goodies. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Although my car, my car got a little paintball uh, splatters on the rear view mirror and stuff. What can you do? I was in the line of fire. What can you do? Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, though, but I did miss all of you. Good. Well, we miss you, too. Yeah. All right. Well, while we have you back here, let's go ahead and start in with the quote of the week. Um, sure. So this whole episode, we're going to talk about intuition. And this quote was the one that I thought made most sense on the subject. Okay, great. You live through your senses by what you observe in the outside world, but there are vast resources within Joshua. Okay, so Joshua's whole premise on this is that there are two sides of reality, the outside world that you uh, perceive with your senses, which is all vibrational. So the tree is a vibration of a tree. You have your own vibration, and as your vibration interacts with that vibration of the tree, you have a unique vibration of the two. So when you see a tree from your perception, you see a tree that no one else can see. It's completely different to you. And when someone else interacts with that exact same tree, because their vibration is interacting with the tree's vibration, what they see or what they experience of the tree is unique to them. Now, you, we have an inside world, and that is our thoughts, emotions, intuitive abilities, um, all those sorts of things. Oops. <clears throat> Hold on, guys. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I have Rocky's barking. Rocky. <laughs> you know, you know, it's so. Can you hear so, him? Yeah. I can. Hi, Rocky. 
We all do. <laughs> we all hear him. That, fer- that ferocious dog called Rocky. Lily is supposed to take Rocky to work. And I say, if Rocky's here, he's going to bark. He never barks, though. It's just super right. rare that he barks. Well, see, and, you knew that ahead of time, though, today. Yeah. Isn't that and she forgot to take him, and here he is barking. Uh, Rocky's a whole ferocious, what, seven pounds, maybe? Seven pounds, yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. We were talking about it last week when I was teasing, when I was teasing Gary about that. Whenever I I hear Rocky, I always always hear the theme in my head. I always hear the dinging of the the bell before Rocky goes into the ring. You know, all, you, know, yep. I, you, know, you would think that we're talking about a bull mastiff here in right. the exactly. with a little tiny dog. <laughs> okay, so anyway, um, uh, so you have your inner self in your inner world communicating with you. You have your, um, okay, you have the ability to attract thoughts based on your vibration. Those thoughts obviously are, your, are in your inner world. Ideas are in your inner world. Imagination. Um, so there's a lot more going on in the inside. And then the reality that you see in the outside world is a projection of how you feel on the inside projected on the outside. So if you want – and your beliefs are a big part of your inner world too. So all the things that you can't perceive with your five physical senses are part of your inner world. We never really knew that, did we? We always thought that everything existed on the outside world, that, that your thoughts were your own sort of thing, but where do the thoughts come from? Um, and so the, I think the sense of intuition is the ability to communicate with your inner self or any other non-physical entities um, who will help you work towards what you want. What do you guys think about this whole idea? I, I would add that have you ever walked into a room full of people that you don't know and instantly just as you look around you you're picking up there's like there's a lot more going on uh on a nonverbal level like you feel like you know the person's personality even though they're not saying anything you just look at them so i guess i'm just trying to piggyback off here saying that there's a whole lot more communication going on that we might acknowledge on right. a daily basis yeah i think we were talking like last week that you can communicate like le- last week was about death so we were talking about the ability to communicate with people who have died, um, even with pets who have died. And Joshua talks about that all the time. But you can also communicate, I think, with the inner self of your friends who are still alive. But can you communicate with your friend who's in another part of the country? Or are you communicating with with that friend's inner self? It's a lot to it. And, And, you know, Steve, when you and I were at the same seminar at the same time, um, there was you know, 50 people there, and we sort of hooked up naturally and easily, whereas I didn't hook up with anyone else in that whole place. Wow, I didn't know that. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, of all the 50 or 60 people uh, who came up to me and talked, you're the only one that I kept in contact with out of all those people. Wow. And look how that evolved into this. Yes. It's really interesting. It's very yeah. cool. It is interesting. I I fully understand what Steve's saying about walking into that room. Not too long back, I went to a seminar on law of attraction. When I walked in the room, I was with my one of my close friends, um, never expecting to meet anyone or talk to anyone after when that when that session wrapped up afterwards, immediately three people were drawn right to me. And Mm -hmm. I was really drawn to one of the three. And Mm -hmm. you know, she's one of my like, 
really good friends right now. We spend a lot of time together in really in-depth conversations. So you don't know like that. You don't need to have that spoken word, right, Steve? It's almost that it is that intuition. It's something that's that's bringing you towards them. It's the senses that it's it's a combined amount of senses, senses along with your intuition and so, guidance moving you towards them. Right. Billy and I, go ahead. Well, I was about to say, <clears throat> you know, you have to be open to it, though. Right. I, 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 there was a guy I've known for years, or I, I should say a guy I've seen for years on the trains. Uh, I, you know, I travel in from Westchester County to uh, New York City every single day, and I travel out every single day, or just about every single day. And I've seen this guy for years. And there was something about the way the guy looked to me that I thought the guy was something of a wise ass. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> I, ha- I had a, something of a dislike of the guy. And yet there was finally a time we started talking or someone introduced the two of us. And we got along famously. <laughs> and he's a really nice guy. And whenever I see him on the, on the platform, I always go over and talk with him. And that's a case where my, you know, my intuition was just dead wrong. <laughs> well, I think there was a little fear there, you know, of approaching someone new and all that stuff, too. But I'm not a shy person. That's true. And, but and I mean, there's something keeping you from him. There was something about... There was yeah. something Some, about, sometimes it could be an energy that you're sensing at the time. Uh, well, you yeah. said that he looked like he was a uh, smartass. Right, yeah. there was just something about him that right. gave off that vibe to me, or that, or the appearance gave off that vibe, and I can't explain it. And usually, I'm fairly good about those sorts of vi- in quotes vibes, but uh, I could not have been more wrong in this. I had case. a very similar experience. Lily and I were taking this um, self improvement course, and there were a hundred people in this class. So what they do is for the first half of the class, they match you up with a partner. And then the second half, they match you up with someone different. So it's all random. So you reach under your chair and you get a number and you've got to find the other person that has that number. So there's 100 people, there's 50 numbers. Say I'm number 25, I got to find number 25. Well, it takes a little time to find everyone because there's 100 people. And I can't find my person, and I'm looking around, and everyone's matched up. And the people that I, that I knew there or that looked interesting were getting matched up with other people. And there's one guy I see, I go, I hope I don't get matched up with him. I hope I don't match up with him. And lo and behold, we're matched up. I'm like, oh, my God. And it was so weird because he's wearing a Dolphins T-shirt. I'm a super Dolphins fan. He's my age. You know, why would I not want to be matched up with him? There was nothing wrong with him. He's married. His wife was there as well. Um, And so we, within five minutes, instantly hit it off. We had so many things in common. I was in the um, real estate industry, and so was he. We, you know, we had so much in common, like the music, everything. So we're sitting together in the first. I don't know, three weeks of this six-week course. We're having a great time. We go out with the, with the groups. We're doing all kinds of stuff. And when it comes time to get a new partner, we're like really didn't want that. We, you know, we like being together so much. But the same thing happens. It's all random. They mix the numbers on, on a board. There's 100 people in there. Guess who is my partner for the next half? The same guy. <laughs> so 
I was just going to say that. That's amazing. And that had never happened in the 20 years of this course that that's ever happened before. And, you know, statistically, it's super unlikely that that could happen. Mm -hmm. And we became, I mean, he's one of my best friends in my whole life. We went into business together. I started this new business, hired him as as the, you know, director of everything. It was unbelievable. We went on uh, this fantastic trip, just him and I, to Amsterdam and to South Africa and had the, the best time. Unfortunately, he moved away, but um, just the the way that the universe brings you with somebody and your resistance to it that causes you to keep yourself apart. And in this case, I couldn't keep myself apart, so thank God for that. But I was trying to. Yeah. Super. Yeah, that some, was before some, I, I knew all this stuff too. Right. Yeah. Hey, Gary, I was gonna I was gonna mention, um, you know, just going back to the quote about, you know, how we live through our senses um, by what we, we what we observe on the outside world, but there are vast resources within. You know, this morning, um, it's a gorgeous day in South Florida. I mean, it's sunny, breezy, beautiful. So I decided, you know what, I I'm gonna sit in the backyard and reread um, your book, The Teachings of Joshua: Perception of Reality. I reread Chapter Twelve, which right. was um, self awareness and intuition, and it was amazing to me. No sooner did I read something that I uh, that I had the sense of awareness. It's almost like I had the sense of awareness as I was rereading that chapter. And, you know, the first thing, of course, you know, you're going to use your five physical senses, right? So the sight, I'm like, wow, it's just the most gorgeous day in so long. It's absolutely beautiful. Then I'm like reading a part about the tree in there and I'm hearing the rustling of the, you know, palm trees in the backyard. It was just an amazing experience, I have to tell you. I I just wanted to share that with you guys, you know, and then it brings you, you know, straight through to the sixth sense as well. And um, I just, as, as I was reading it, I was, I was actually noticing everything happening around me. I was in complete, because I was there in the moment. I was nowhere right. but there. So yeah. I wasn't thinking about what the kids are doing today, what, you know, mm-hmm. my, my plans for later. Mm-hmm. I was only, I, I was only into rereading this chapter 12 and being there in that present moment. It was an amazing experience. And what we should bring up in this is that that chapter is titled Self-Awareness and Intuition. So the two subjects go hand in hand. Joshua spends the first part of that chapter talking about um, becoming self-aware and then goes into intuition. So becoming self-aware is an interesting part of it as well because um, Joshua talks about how reality, physical reality, is an individual experience. And this is the, you know, we come here to have that individual experience where in the non-physical we move more as groups um, here, we're pretty much isolated, and having said that, we think that being selfish is bad, but in reality, you know, everything revolves around self, and Joshua used the um, the analogy of a cell in your body is completely interested in self, yet works together in the whole system to have a functioning body. And so we we should be completely interested in self, but yet we're part of a world that works together. And as you're interested in what you want to do without having to worry about someone else or uh, or worrying what they're interested in, that everything will balance itself out and there'll be people who want to play golf and people who want to mow the golf course, you know, so it all works together. So self-awareness is the first step in intuition. 
That's all I have Definitely. to say. Definitely. And I think that's, and, 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 it's, and it's true. You know, it's funny because I think sometimes we're taught to, you know, and we are, you know, we're taught that, you know, oh, don't be selfish, think of others, da, da, da. But it's funny, you know, it, just as, as I'm evolving and as I'm continuing down along my spiritual journey here and reading and, and into this law of attraction thing, you know, I realized, I realized that I have to take care of self first, because if you don't take care of self first, how could you be that person to everyone else in that example? And how, how do you live your life to the fullest, um, in, in, in a full way to, to the best capacity? You really can't, you know, right. if you're um, completely, if you're totally worried about everyone else, Right. Then you're not focused right. on self because what you're really doing is you want everyone else to be happy so that you can be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so like Lily, I just know I just know I was brought up to you know. So sometimes we're molded, you know, as a young. And we've talked about topics like this before. We're we're molded like to be a certain way, whether it be by parents or you know schools or churches or whatever. And um, you know, and when you have this realization, really, and you evolve and your thoughts change, and then your vibration matches it, and then there's there's every possibility in the universe is available to you it's amazing Every possibility right and what is right for you may not be right for someone else and what's right for someone else may not be right for you but you can't prohibit them from experiencing what they want to experience you just focus on what you want to experience right all right well, let's go into this question it, oh, go ahead yeah go ahead no i was yeah, just going to say they always say on an airplane if the if the uh caps come down with the oxygen you'd better put it on yourself first before you, you have Right, and you have to because you can't help anyone else if you're unconscious. Right. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Okay, Michael, would you like to read the question? It would be my pleasure. Okay. Okay. Hold on one second. There we go. <clears throat> Dear Joshua, I have a connection to energy and intuition. and well, I, I have feel a des- connection to it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep, you're right. Dear Joshua, I have a connect. I feel nope. a connection. That's the second time. I must have a block about the word feeling. We'll talk about that separately. <laughs> I have a. Fe- I feel a connection to energy and intuition, and I have a desire to love and support people. Am I destined to be a healer, and should I pursue that course in my life, Claire? Okay, great. And Steve, you want to read the Joshua's answer? That's not fair. That was only one. That was two sentences. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll take the next big one. You can take the next small one. No, nah, that's fine. Dear Claire, you could not have written the first sentence of your question any better. We are thrilled by this, and we see that you have a keen ability to call into your life that which is wanted. You have a very strong connection to source energy, and your intuition is evidence of your connection. Who you are connecting to is your inner self who resides in the non-physical realm while completely focused on you in every single moment in time. Your inner self guides you through your emotions. When you feel positive emotions, as you will while reading this answer, you are completely aligned with how your inner self is viewing the subject at hand. When you feel negative emotion, You are focused on something in a way that is out of alignment with who you really are and what you really want. Your inner self knows this and sends you a message in the form of some negative emotion. If you can stop in your tracks whenever you feel negative emotion and realize that your perspective is a bit off, then you can regain your focus and turn your attention to what you do want. Okay, so 
intuition is communication that's coming from within, from your inner self. And the most obvious way this works is your emotions. So if you feel positive emotion, then that means you're looking at the subject from a perspective that supports you. If you feel negative emotion, then you're looking at the subject from a perspective that is limiting or that uh, there's a fear behind it or that you're not seeing it in a way that would support what you really want. You're thinking that it's wrong or it's bad. And when you focus on something in a way that where your perspective is looking at it and it seems wrong or seems bad, um, you're looking at it from a limited perspective. So alter that perspective so that you see it as right and good and you'll be back on track to going to where you, where you want to go, getting what you want, being who you really are. Okay? Might be challenging in the moment, but it's good yeah, to know. Yeah, so this is the first thing right. to notice. I mean, most people don't understand that the motions are simply you're getting hotter, you're hotter, hotter, colder, 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 hotter. You know, it's like, you know, that game where someone hides something and and will guide you by saying you're getting hotter or colder. And emotions, if you're getting hotter, means you're feeling positive emotion, you're going towards what you want, and if you feel negative emotion, you're going away from what you want. And it's all up to you to, to alter your perspective. You know, as soon as you change your perspective so that you see uh, the, it as being okay at least, you'll feel relief, and that relief is your indication that you're back on track. But yeah, if you don't know this, you don't, you know, you just assume that sometimes the world causes you to feel bad, and sometimes the world causes you to feel good. But really, your perspective is the only thing that causes you to feel good or bad. And in, and in some ways, it's your creation that you've painted. So Well, you're just not seeing it from the whole thing. For instance, you know, um, I lose a hand at poker. This happened to a guy yesterday. <clears throat> he lost a hand at poker to me. And so he was down quite a bit. The next hand, he goes all in with pocket sevens, okay? And two people call him. So, but one guy had ace jack and one guy had ace queen. Well, nothing comes and his pocket sevens hold up and he triples up to have more money than he had before. Um, had he won the hand that previously he was upset about, right? He would never have gone all in with pocket sevens. He would never have call these guys raises. He would have just folded and he would be worse off. So in that first moment where he lost the hand to me, he was upset. He was looking at it from a wrong perspective. Had he known that the very next hand he was going to triple up, he would never have been upset by losing the hand to me. He would be like thankful for it. So I reminded that to him. I said that you were upset when you lost the hand to me, but had you not lost the hand, you wouldn't have tripled up and be in a much better spot than you were before. And he ended up going on to cash in that tournament. Um, so you think that something is bad, and then you feel negative emotion, and that's your indication that it's not really bad, that you're just looking at it from perspective that seems bad. And if you can change your perspective in that moment, right, first of all, you don't feel bad anymore, which is the whole purpose of being here is to feel as good as you can as much of the time. And secondly, feeling bad didn't help anything. You know, it sort of made you into a lower emotional state of being, which then you ha sort of cut yourself off from intuition and other access to better ideas. You know, you get to a lower vibration, you don't have access to high vibration ideas. So that's what Josh was talking about, that perspective that you just think is wrong may not be wrong. Okay, let's go to number two. Now, having said all that, 
you come to earth at this time of awakening because you thought it would be exhilarating. There are those who are moving out of the basic program of physical reality into the next version of reality. The basic version is one where most people believe they are a victim to fate and there is nothing more going on here than what they can perceive with their physical senses. The next level of evolution that is taking place now is the new understanding of the world where most people realize that physical reality is only half the story. There is a non-physical component that must be known which allows everyone to receive whatever it is that they want. It is the reality of personal creation and responsibility. There is a chasm separating the two versions of reality, but a bridge is being built as we speak. Okay, so um, now we're in the time of awakening that more and more and more people are getting interested in uh, Law of Attraction, Abraham, Joshua, The Secret, Mindfulness, Meditation, all these things that are accessing this whole side of physical reality that most people ignored or didn't think was important or didn't understand. We're going from a time where most people live in fear to a time where more and more people are living in love. We're going from a time where most people think they're a victim of fate and more and more people are realizing they create their own reality. And that's the time we're living in now, the time of awakening, which is pretty exciting. I, I met a couple last night and we were talking and they had a, a lot of this spirituality just already there. And I'm like, well, have you heard of Abraham Hicks? Have you? And they hadn't, uh, you know, they'd heard their names, but they hadn't come across it. And I'm like, well, how do you know this? Uh -huh. Right. And they're just like, well, I just, I just know it. Right. Like uh -huh. It just was there. And I'm like, this is so cool. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a, my friend Rob. He just is like, he just has it. He has it more than I do. It's amazing. He is naturally the most positive person I've ever met. And he will never complain about anything, no matter what it is. He just always just automatically sees the positive side of everything. And he has the most wonderful life you can imagine. I was going to say, I bet he has a good life. He is, yeah, right now he's fly fishing in North Carolina at his million-dollar mountain lodge <laughs> on top of 10 acres that's completely paid for that he found, if you remember that story, by just walking up this hill that no one else had ever Oh, yeah, I remember he's saying yeah. that. Well, that's yeah. a gift that he has, for sure. Right. He just somehow has it. It's amazing. Okay. But, but he can on. keep the fly fishing to himself. <laughs> See, there you go. There's a, a thing that he likes to do that I couldn't even imagine doing. I can't and, imagine saying in a freezing cold river, you know, just standing there with a with a string and a worm, <laughs> or a string and a, and a string and a hook. It's a fly. It's either, a fly. Or a, or a fly. fly. Excuse yeah. me, a fly. And then, they, then they throw it back too. They don't even keep it. Um, they were know, at the airport. I know yesterday. people get pleasure from it, but all oh, people love it. <laughs> they they go crazy. So they were at the airport yesterday, and the three of them. Um, who was the guy he was going with, came over and watched me play poker. And literally, they couldn't sit, sit there for more than five minutes. <laughs> they got so bored. <laughs> so, you know, people are interested in what they're interested in. Makes the world go round. That's exactly what we're talking about. Okay. Um, so, let's go to the next paragraph. You already operate in this new reality. You already understand on some level that you are the creator of you and that you may create whatever you like. You feel a calling to do something, but you are not sure what you should do. We come to tell you that there is nothing you should do, 
there is only that which you want to do. You want to help others, and this is a noble thing. We love that you use the word support rather than help, because you realize there is really nothing you can do to help. All you can do is support what another chooses for himself or herself. All you can do is become a shining example of alignment. Okay, so there's another thing exactly from the book that you can't really help someone. You can be the example of alignment and be a beacon where they can look to you, see that you're aligned, and become interested in how you got there. But mm-hmm. you can't change their reality. Okay, let's go to the next one. So then, what is alignment? Alignment is operating within the framework of whatever serves you personally. You need not dedicate your life to the service of others unless you find the activities involved in this exhilarating. Your goal is to become exhilarated. You are here to feel the rush of exhilaration. When you help another and they benefit from your help, whether they acknowledge it or not, and you feel exhilarated, satisfied, and happy, then this is the work you came here to explore. If it is not fun for you, then you must find what is fun. If it, if it is not interesting, then do not waste your time or energy. Find out what you really like to do by exploring different things until something clicks. Okay, so if, <clears throat> if you want to help someone or you know, be in a, a movement or something and you find that personally exhilarating, then that is perfectly right. But if you want to help someone because you think you should and you're doing it out of uh, guilt then, and you don't enjoy the work, then that's not something that you need to bother with. You need to do whatever it is, whether it helps people and you find that exhilarating or whether it's playing poker and helps no one but yourself and you find that exhilarating. It's up to you. Or going on a motorcycle ride. Right. Or going on a motorcycle ride if you find that exhilarating. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go on. Okay. (laughs) But not a motorcycle. (laughs) At least for now. No one... No one can heal another because no one can create in another's reality. All anyone can do, be they a doctor, chiropractor, massage therapist, dietitian, energy worker, acupuncturist, herbalist, yoga instructor, counselor, or anyone else, is to is to influence the other to their own self-healing. All healing is self-healing. All illness is self-inflicted illness. All disease stems from the individual's inability to be at ease with the natural flow of life. Teach ease in whatever you do, and you might influence someone to adjust their approach to life and allow ease and well-being to flow as it is naturally intended. Lily is completely paranoid about someone being sick. She won't, be, she won't want to go anywhere near them. If someone calls in with a cold and says, should I come into work? She says, no, absolutely not. Stay at home. Do not come in here. <laughs> and I'm like, Lily, you cannot get sick from anyone unless you, um, you know, fear it, for one, or you're ready to get sick or you need to get sick or something else happens, right? It's all self-inflicted. That's funny. Um, and then... But one thing she does believe is that healing is all um, self-healing. And she was just reading, um, a a woman came into her store and said, I worked at Hippocrates, which is this local healing, super um, healthy, um, you know, cutting edge kind of 
vegetarian, vegan kind of place, right? The people go, and if they're if they have cancer, you know, they go there and they eat vegetarian for a while, and they meditate, and they come out much better. So and drink wheatgrass, and they fly in from all grass, over like the world. Crazy. You know, they fly very, in from all over the world. It's a pretty famous place. So this woman comes and says, I, I worked there, and they got to talking about um, Lily's bioidentical hormone therapy that she's on, and said that there's a woman, a doctor out there that's, that does this, and she's the best in the world. And um, so Lily's really excited to go, but Lily realizes that the healer is just influencing her to heal herself which I don't think most people understand that at all. Right. And I, I read that uh, witch doctors in the past were actually more successful than doctors of today because the people believed in the witch doctors so much. Right. Right. And that's why pl- the, the placebo effect goes. Um, you know. also, and that's where guys... self-healing comes into play. But like you're, like you're right. saying, Gary, most people aren't aware of that. Have you guys heard of John of God? Yes. I, I have heard of him. Okay, so John of God is somewhere in South America. And I don't know. I haven't heard that much. But it's, it, people go in these lines, and they, they're with him for a few seconds. And somehow he reaches into their body and pulls out the bad stuff. And the people are so transformed by this that they're um, radically healed or cured or 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 improved somehow, and it's pretty amazing stuff. That's the same premise as Mother Mira, too. People worldwide, you know, um, go to see her for a blessing, and supposedly the same thing happens. There you go. Although with John of God, it's not always consistent. Uh, Yeah, Wayne Wayne Dyer went for uh, treatment of his leukemia with uh, John of God, you know, and he eventually did die of the leukemia. But he was in remission for how many years from it? I don't think I don't know that. Do you know, was that do, many do you know Michael? It did come out. I did. I did. Uh, I watched extensive videos on Wayne Dyer after I. Uh, I actually um, they had a memorial service through Hay House and everything, and my sister and I were signed up to go. Long right. story short, there is a false premise out there that um, he did die of leukemia. He in fact didn't die of the leukemia. He was in complete and total remission when he passed. Oh, is that right? Leukemia. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I did a lot of research on it for a hundred percent sure. Yeah. He was just ready to go. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I remember he went on and on you know, when he wrote some books and he talked about it, that he went to John of God and he got yeah. the he, through John of God. And then it didn't seem like it was that long after, uh, after I had heard those things or read those books that he passed away. And, and so his family updated his um, his uh, Facebook page for and, and still does. So I still get the feeds on it. And they wanted everybody to know because your you know your thought with the leukemia was many people thought the same thing. And they mm-hmm. put out a statement saying he in fact was can't you know the the leukemia was you know he was in remission. It was had nothing to do with it. I I think it's interesting that we we judge. We judge how somebody exits, and we, we expect do. somebody like Wayne Dyer to be uh, just die peacefully in his sleep type of thing. Because, you know, when Jerry died of cancer, of Jerry and, and Esther, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of threw me for a loop for a while. But then you come to the realization that everybody picks their path, and they pick their the way they're going to exit. And what Jerry's cancer gave was not only Esther, 
who I think it was primarily for, but everybody else, a chance to um, become okay with him leaving, essentially. It right. wasn't like overnight car accident, very right. abrupt. It was months of, okay, this is coming, this is coming, and then uh, you can, uh, Esther especially, could try to adapt to that feeling of him being gone. Yeah, they used to stay together, help, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, dead. And so they had um, intended to die quickly. But uh, Ezra said, had Jerry died quickly, she would not have continued with Abraham. And um, one of the benefits of the prolonged illness is that he could not travel. And so they set up the whole video conferencing so that he could watch it from home. And the video conferencing turned out to be a big thing because now people all over the world don't have to physically attend the seminars they can watch on on, vid, on uh, their computers. Yeah, I wish they so, wouldn't and have that would never have, would never have come by if. Uh, and plus, I'm sure there's a lot of other things we don't know about too. Plus, I yeah. see, you see Esther come into her own. I mean, I, I saw totally a, do. A you totally do benefits from that. And now she's communicating fully with Jerry. So absolutely, it a, yeah, it was good to and. See that. And showing the world that you that everyone can communicate with people who have passed on. Yes. Um, so interesting is this woman has this, and this Claire has this um, feeling that she has intuitive and healing powers, yet she doesn't know if she wants to be a healer or not. Um, and it seems like you have this talent that you should pursue it, but just because you have a talent, maybe not be the obvious route to go. So let's see how um, Joshua finishes this. Wraps things up here. Yeah. Follow your interests, and they will lead to your passions. Try things out, and then drop them if you are not experiencing joy. Allow yourself to be fully and generously compensated for anything you do, and understand your inherent value. Believe in your own power, which we see as both unique and intense. Don't do what you think you should be doing. Only do that which you truly enjoy doing, and everything will work out just as you intended prior to your birth. You are loved and appreciated more than you can ever imagine, and there's nothing you can do wrong. Everything you are doing is perfectly right. Joshua. There you go. Okay, so <clears throat> I tried to play with intention, and um, since Joshua's come into my life, I can... Understand, one, that thoughts are attracted based on my vibration. If I'm in a high emotional state of being, that I can pay attention to my thoughts and realize that they are being sent to me. Um, a lot of times now, I used to have this horrible problem remembering names. And now I simply ask, what is that person's name? And the name comes into my head. It's as easy as that. Um, I've lost keys. I think, where are the keys? And the, wherever the keys are comes in my head. If I'm frantic about it, it doesn't work. But if I'm relaxed about it and playful with it, then it works. So I tried to do a thing yesterday, <clears throat> which I did two things. Um, I don't know if you remember, but a couple weeks ago, I was like 104th on the player of the month in poker. And I intended at the beginning of that weekend, that by Monday I'd be in the top four. Uh, Monday comes around, I'm in the top four. Uh, so I play this week, and now I'm in, th yesterday I was in, or Thursday, I was in second place. 
So in the morning, Friday morning, I said, I intend to be in first place by the end of the weekend. And by playing today on Friday, I intend to be receptive to intuition at all times. So I go to poker, I start playing, and I pay attention by being present in the moment of every hand that I'm playing, which is hard to do because you're playing a lot of hands, you know, or you're folding a lot of hands or people are talking or you're, you know, stuff's going on. But if you can be present in the moment, and I set this intention that I will just focus on each hand and feel if the hand was good or not. And so I was folding hands I would normally play, and I was playing hands I would normally fold. And then in the middle of a hand, I would get the inspiration to bluff or not to bluff or what bet size, or how it's going to work out. And literally, I, didn't, I lost one hand the whole time. And the hand I lost was, uh, I was way ahead of the person and got him to go all in, and they got a, a two pair on the river. So they got very lucky, but, and it was a little minor hand. But otherwise, I just built, built, built the whole time, never worried about a thing, and there was 139 people, and I came in first place. So how, so how would you sum up how to be in tune with your own intuition? So you know, according, according to the way Joshua is explaining it, he, you know, this, is a, this is a wonderful letter, but I don't, I don't see the conclusion. You know, and maybe it's the lawyer in me who's looking for the conclusion, like, okay, so after all this, here's the way it goes. Step one, <laughs> you have to be in a, in a high emotional state of being. You cannot be angry or upset or think anything's wrong or, you know, you know that level where you're content. You have to be content or above. You can't let anything annoy you. So I don't let anyone annoy me. And that's just something I've been doing for a long time is trying to love everyone. There's only one person that annoys me, but otherwise I genuinely love, genuinely love everyone I'm playing with. And we have the most fun time and conversation and there's so much support for me. I love all the dealers. I love everyone, all the, the, the massage therapists and the waitresses and everybody. We have the great, a great time together. And I'm a huge tipper, too. I really generally try and build support for, my, for me so that, so that when I win, everyone is happy about it. Um, so I maintain the highest emotional state of being as I can. And that's just the base. That's the if you're in a low emotional state of being, you attract thoughts and ideas that resonate at that lower level. If you are angry, you attach, you attract a thought of revenge or punching someone or this is you know, a victim or something like that. But if you were in a high emotional state of being, you attract the information that needs to come to you when you need to come. In. And then you have to have faith too. So you have to have faith that the ideas that you are receiving are for your benefit. Okay, and if you um, get an idea, which is very subtle, if you get this thought, you have to follow the thought as far as it goes. If, if I could just jump in real fast. This, yep. this Monday morning, as I'm getting ready for work, um, I get this impulse that uh, I need to go to lunch with Wendy, who is uh, sending, sending you questions, Gary. Sure. And I, I, I'm thinking to myself, wow, I love having lunch with her. I love having these conversations with her. And it's been a while, right? It's been a long while since we've had lunch. And it was right then in the morning, and I've been following my impulses. So normally I probably wouldn't have acted on it right then and there. I would have 
thought about it and maybe done or acted later. But I just texted her right then and there. I said, hey, we should do lunch, right? And she responded right away saying, I was just having a conversation that I should be having lunch with you, right? (laughs) And so it's like, you know, knowing what I know, you know, it's like – it's not that big a thing, but it, yeah. it, it's just confirmation, right? That somehow we're connected. There's, there's got to be a connection there. Absolutely. Gary, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Let's say I played poker, just hypothetically, okay? And I was at the same vibrational level as you, positive like you, intended like you to win. Um, and we, we were at the same table. Um, what would happen? Like if I'm said, if I'm at, you know, if you, I realize everyone's individual, maybe you're holding a slightly higher vibration or maybe not, maybe we're exactly even and we're holding that intention. What would happen? Would there just be a battle for first and second place or, you know, I'm just curious. (laughs) So let's, let's imagine that. So there's two people that have this intention and, and you'll see this in prose all the time that they have this complete absence of fear. And they have supreme confidence, right? Now, for me, I do have a bit of confidence, and, and I don't have much fear. Um, but I also have this, um, this knowledge that I will be given inspiration to act and subtle influences, right? I'm not saying that all the cards are always going to come in my favor. I'm going to be able to fold when they don't, or take advantage of them when they do. Now, so I'm at a, a high vibration. I have a lot of confidence. I have a lack of fear. And I have this inner um, communication that's going on. And it could be other, you know, uh, non-physical entities who, are, who love poker, who are sending me this thing. Now, their perspective is a lot higher. So I think that they know the cards I have, the cards everyone else has, and what's going to come out in the in the in the flop and the turn in the river. So I'm believing that the information is coming from this. So I've got a lot of stuff going on and I have a very high vibration. I have, I feel good. Um, you know, and so for that, it's very hard for someone else, you know, to win, but lucky things happen. So things happen, right. And I don't always listen to the right signals and I often do stuff on my own. Now, if you were there doing the same thing and you had this exact same vibration, we would come to the table and we would not be involved in the same hands together. You would be involved with other people. You know, uh-huh. you'd fold the hands I'm in and we'd find ourselves together one and two and we'd say, like we did last night, let's chop. Gotcha. You know, right? That makes sense. And it would come down to the two of us. Yep. Well, I also think that expectation comes into it. And Absolutely. Well, you- expectation is like part of confidence right. too. Right. So Janine, no matter – you would probably, no matter how good you felt or something, you probably would have, Gary would probably have the expectation that he was going to win, you know. I'm not saying it's a... But, I'm, but I go, like, a poker isn't my game. But say I had the same skill, ability, knowledge, the same high vibration, the same intention. I'm just saying, because right. hypothetically that could happen. If, yeah, I, well. if that was my thing, it's not my passion. And then if whoever, it was my passion, I'm just saying, because there's, you know, he's not, you know, Gary's excellent at what he does, but he's not the only one that's passionate about poker. Um, he might, you know, but then somebody else that's passionate about poker playing at that table might have a much lower vibration than Gary. So I see at the end of the day how it works but how he went on to explain that you know one would perhaps fold in a hand he was involved in and chop at the end that to me makes sense 
Also, because um, it's working both for our highest good. I'm saying if two like-minded people with yeah. similar skill, ability, and knowledge come into this together, how would it work? I was just right. a hypothetical thing. Right. And I think that maybe um, now every hand I have to listen and focus on when I'm what feelings I have and what um, thoughts are coming to me, and but sometimes I get a little. Um, you know, tied to this idea that this is a good hand. Or sometimes I look across and I think this guy's bluffing, but it's sort of my ego that is saying that, right? Or I want to show him that I'm not afraid of him, you know, things like that. So right. my ego gets involved. So I have to manage all these things going on at the same time. Um, and I can't always do it. I can do it a lot of times, but I can't always do it. And so I can find myself in situations where I um, aren't, where I'm doing something that is out of fear. I'm sometimes I'm folding out of fear, you know, which which wouldn't. And, and something else you pointed out, Gary, when with you being a great tipper, as my husband is, when he plays poker, people actually like you and they like oh, being yeah. around you and you're fun. Look, you're you're saying that you you so enjoy yourself while you're there and the others do as well. If you weren't that person or you were really tight and winning this huge pool and not tipping your dealers and everyone around you and the cocktail waitresses, well, nobody would want you to win. So right. if you had all that negative energy coming at you, um, you know, you could still stay in your own great place, but you might not be number one. It's just an extra advantage. You know, it's just um, when you have support from people around you, even though they're competing with you, but they're happy when you win. I mean, people are happy when I beat them and they get knocked out. They're going, oh, I should Yeah, I, I, like, I just like know when Tim, when Tim comes home and he'll say, hey, Gary's a chip lead. Like, Tim's actually happy for you. You know what yeah. I mean? And he's a, yeah. he might not necessarily be playing at your table or, you know, Mike might, you know, text, hey, he's uh, when I left, he's chip leader or whatever. And they get right. it. They're actually happy for you. So that's a, that's a great. Yeah, when I was in the World Series and it was the main event, um, they, I had the chip lead for a time and I was knocking out a couple very famous pros and the, the world series keeps like this ongoing blog going of what's happening. And so people who, you know, there's a thousand people that play at the kennel club. It's a huge poker room. And because I've been there for such a long time, people know who I am. And even last night, which is, you know, two weeks later, people are coming up and saying, Oh, I was rooting for you. I was watching along and reading along and everything. And I was, one guy said, I, I went to bed that night hoping you were going to win. And I was so sorry that you didn't win. And it was really cool. Yeah. But in that World Series, it's interesting because there were some, you know, these guys are just full on professionals, do nothing else but travel the circuit and play in these events, big money events. And, you know, you could see their confidence level was even higher than mine. And um, they were fully focused, you know, and and uh, the guy who ended up winning is a super famous pro. He was a WPT player of the year last year. Um, and I was just watching him the whole time. He never had any doubt that he was going to win this from the beginning to the end. Just, just amazing sort of thing. Hmm. So intuition is your ability to... Um, Clear out the distractions, set yourself in a high emotional uh, state of being, and just pay attention to thoughts that you are attracting. And then realize, like Steve did when he had the thought to call Wendy, is that now is the time to act on it. 
and not later. When you have an idea, when you have a thought, now is the time that that thought has been given to you for a purpose. And if you're interested in it in the least, you know, fear will come up. We'll say, oh, what if she can't go? What if I'm bothering her? What if I ha- someone else wants to go to lunch? You know, what if I have to drive across town? That sort of thing. But if you, have, if you get out of your own way and say, this came up for a reason, I'm going to follow it through and then see what happens. And how did and, that look? And the fact out? that Steve did it in that exact minute, he said, I'm right. going to just shoot Wendy a quick text. He did it. And it, I mean, how, how amazing is that, that she was thinking the same thing at the same time? That's, that is being connected. And that's, and, and Steve, like you mentioned, if you had waited until later, it might not have happened, not but have you acted, right, yeah. you followed that intuition. You know, so don't you guys find if you don't follow intuition, usually it's the wrong answer. And then sometimes I get the intuition, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that happened to me this week. Sure. And someone was asking me a pointed question and I kind of knew, but I just felt like she was coming at me too much. So I said, you know, would you excuse me? I actually went to the ladies room. I get uh, quiet and still, and I can meditate a little, and then I'm even further direct it to the right choice Um, so sometimes you have to remove yourself from that situation if you have you know the right thing but yet you have somebody else trying to talk you into something else I mean I'm pretty strong in my feelings convictions Mm -hmm. follow my thoughts and whatever but I needed to kind of almost step away step back and just get centered and quiet within myself well let's say more these days like all of a sudden I'll be sitting there I can drop out at any minute and just connect to the divine for the for that information that's really good. Um, so let's say that the inspiration that you receive is meaningful. So, Steve, at that lunch, what did you talk about? Did anything come up? Did anything happen? Lunch is Monday, the 29th, Leap Day. Oh, oh. so it's coming up. Yes. There you ah, go. So we're going to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> we have to look at this. No, it would be interested. Hey, what's our time like? Uh, we've got four minutes. Oh, four minutes we've got excellent. some fun still. So um, we're going to be on a cruise at this time next week, or right before. We're leaving on Sunday, right? Right. Yeah. So I'll be in, I'll be in L.A. When are you going out there, Janine? Um, I fly in on Saturday. Saturday, okay. I'm going to come in mm-hmm. Friday and spend the day with Steve. Nice. Yeah, we're going to have fun. We're going to go for a Lotus ride Saturday morning to the canyon. Yeah. That's oh, how great. beautiful. With a bunch That's of other fun. crazy, crazy guys. So we're not going to do another show next week. Next week will be our best of. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited for the cruise. It's going to be exciting and be with a lot of like-minded people. And I'm sure learn a lot and meet new friends. It's going to be fun. Uh, and I'll, I'll think of you guys. Uh, I will th- and I will intend for you guys to have a fabulous time. Oh, you could have you. the show all by yourself if you want, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't dream of it. it, it too much, it, it's, it's too much fun being with all of you guys. <laughs> it is fun. This is a good group. Yeah, I can't wait to meet Janine in person. This will be nice. I feel the same way, Steve. Yeah. Finally. Yes. Finally. And I'll have to get a ride in that Lotus one day while I'm there. I'm staying in L.A. after. Oh, Chris cool. and I, my sister Chris, as you know, she's she's flying in as well, and uh, she is. We're going to spend an extra couple of days in LA afterwards. Well, oh, that's cool. So you're going li- to fly out on Saturday or something? A Sunday on the red eye. Sunday, that's great. Yes, yeah, yeah, we're taking some time. You should yeah. come down to the OC and hang out, hang out with me. Okay, we'll do that. Cool. Um, where are you staying? Uh, in LA on the west side uh, at a. Double tree, not 100% sure of the. Uh-huh. I just got a recommendation from someone. Uh, cool. Yeah. I was there a couple years ago. That's when I met Steve. 
we had a great time. My friend Mike lives out there. It's a fun city. It is so busy in L.A., though. It's just crazy it's- how many people live there. I haven't been there since I was 16. And when Chris um, said she would, you know, um, join me out there and come on the cruise, I was like, listen, I haven't been here since I'm like 16 years old. If we're going out, we might as well, you know, like have a good time and check out L.A. and the surrounding area. (laughs) Definitely. Well, it's like it's like New York City now. There's just so many people on every street, in every restaurant, in every store, on the roads. It's it's like being in Manhattan everywhere you go. It's just amazing how many people. What's really fun is the farmer's market. Yeah. So the last time I was in California was like two years ago, but I did like the whole San Francisco Carmel, which was absolutely gorgeous, that whole area. Oh, that's so gorgeous. I'm, yeah, it's, it was really pretty. So I'm, I'm really excited. You know, like I, I didn't have the concept, you know, obviously you look at the map and you know, but I really didn't have the concept how much drive time, oh, how much, how much drive time would it take from like San Fran to LA? And then yeah. when I was like, oh, that's not going to happen. That'll be another trip. So yeah. here it is, another trip. Good. All right. Yeah. Well, we I, my shall... wife and I once drove that. We did that when we were dating. We the Pacific from, Coast we, Highway? We, yeah, we, yeah. We drove from San Francisco all the way to uh, oh. LA over a number of days. We did too. It was really fun. Actually, we went up to Napa and then drove all the way down to San Diego and then flew out of San Diego. Yeah, it's a fabulous, fabulous drive, especially yep. if you have nice weather. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which just, is like always. I just oh, yeah. Steve, Steve, did you ever go to? Um, there's a great winery out there called Farnente, and the and the owner shows you his private car collection, which uh, has in excess of fifty cars. It's you, unbelievable. You should check it out. Me, send me the information on that because it's right That's, up my alley. Oh, you will absolutely love it. It was like by far and away friends of mine that um, went there from New Jersey. They went to uh, six different wineries, and they said by far and away that was their favorite one. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. All right, you guys, we're going to wrap up now. Um, if anyone wants to ask Joshua a question, please go to the com and fill out the question thing there. Um, also, you can read all these questions and answers. This question that we read today is on the homepage, um, but there's plenty more. And um, until two weeks from today, I hope everyone has a great two weeks, and we'll see you all later. Okay. Bye, Have a bye, beautiful everybody. week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful two weeks, and you guys have a wonderful cruise. Thanks, Michael. We'll be thinking of you. Thank you. Okay. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable with Gary Temple Bodley. We will be back next week with another fun discussion. If you would like to ask Joshua a question or read more of Joshua's teachings, please visit us at theteachingsofjoshua.com. See you next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.